0: Hello everyone and inside today's episode of Lockdown Canadians, we're going to be previewing the Laval Rocket, that Canadian's AHL affiliate, and talking about what we can expect from the prospects who are there this season. And because we missed our Friday mailbag, we are going to be answering some of your questions earlier this week before our regular mailbag on Friday, all inside today's show. Lockdown Canadians, your daily podcast on the Montreal Canadiens. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 708 of Locked on Canadians. As always, thank you for making us your first listen of the day. If you are listening wherever you get your podcast, thank you for subscribing there. And make sure you subscribe and watching us on YouTube. And make sure if you already are that you ring the bell so you get notified anytime that we release a new episode or go live for a live stream in which I eat something disturbingly hot for your entertainment. I am one of your hosts. I am Scott I'm joined As always, by the active stick, Laura Saba. And Laura, we are post-overtime win over the Penguins, post-Leafs losing to the Coyotes. Uh, behind me on the screen is the Senators and Bruins attempting to kill each other. How are we doing on what is a rainy and cold Tuesday night here in Buffalo, New York?
1: Tell me more about how the Senators and the Bruins are attempting to kill each other because I'd like, I'd like more of that.
0: It was 3 nothing. And then it, it's now 3-3 when I turn to go do the podcast because I am a responsible host who is not distracted by things like Twitter or Snapchat or TikTok or things. When I am supposed to be recording an episode and to pull back the curtain here for you folks, before we started doing video, there are times that I would be staring off into the distance because I probably have some sort of thing that I should talk to my therapist about, about focusing, but that is not why we are here today. Uh, we're taking the first segment today because we met last week uh, with some of our recording episodes, technical issues, delayed our episodes, and kind of shifted our content schedule a little bit, just so we are very clear with you. Um, and so today, our plan is very simply to talk about the Laval Rocket and then answer your mailbag questions that we didn't get to last week on Friday, unfortunately, those issues. And... Unfortunately, because we are delayed on our Rocket preview a little bit, uh, they started the season 0-1-1. They lost in overtime and they lost in regulation both games to the Belleville Senators. And uh, I know this is mostly my area of expertise, but the Rocket are going to be fun again this year. And the expectations are higher after they made that run to the Eastern Conference Finals. Uh, the day you were listening to this Wednesday night, they are actually playing the Springfield Thunderbirds in a rematch of that series. It was very hotly contested. There were brawls after games. There are goalies spearing players. There's dudes fighting dudes. But I have to say this is that the Laval rocket have been very fun this year losses or not. This is a team that doesn't have any quit in them a lot like we've seen with the Canadians. And Laura, I know you are mostly watching the Habs this year with Martin Louis behind the bench. But it's very easy to see how his um, concepts and everything have kind of trickled down through the organization here. And there is a a no quit in any part of them right now.
1: I do think that the Rocket are expected to be good this year. I, I think the expectations are not too high. I do expect them to make noise. Uh, and I, I think that's deserved. I think, you know, there were some changes in the lineup, as I know you were closely monitoring and we have talked about in the offseason on this podcast but the Habs' future is slowly making its way through their system, and Laval is one of the places that we're going to be able to watch them. And I, for one, am very excited to go to multiple Laval La- Laval Rocket games this season. It's early in the season; uh, it's a good time. I've talked about it before on the podcast. But you know, at this point, we're not going just to support our team; we're going to support to have a good time, right? Like we're going to go and we're going to see some fun. Uh, we're going to see some good play. We're gonna we're gonna you know we're gonna watch the future of the team. And it's not just about support anymore. It's not, it's, it's about having like watching good quality hockey, AHL hockey. Um, I'm excited about that. I'm also just excited, you know, because I I do expect that some of these players are going to get sent down at some point. I'm I'm sure Arbor Jack is going to be up and down. We have talked about Slavkovsky maybe being sent down. Caden Gooley looks like he's never going back down, but you know, you never know (laughs) what happens with that. Um, There are going to be people that come up, come back into the lineup from injury and then people get bumped back down. I'm just excited for all of it to come together. And it's very much like you said, uh, there's a lot of trickle down. Like, I I think Ul has done a great job uh, with this this roster. You know, it it was already showing last year before the coaching changes at the NHL level as well. Uh, And I do think that, you know, the fact that they had such a massive training camp with all the coaches and all the development folks, everybody, it was just like, you know it was basically everybody but the NCAA um prospects that um I thought that that you know just that that sort of uniform uh philosophy and emphasis was very beneficial.
0: And I look at the Rocket this year is that yeah there's a lot of veterans like uh Gabriel Bork is you know more than pulling his weight with clutch goals. Alex Belzio was named team captain. Donic Martel is still very, very annoying. And then you have newcomers like Anthony Richard, who is very fast, and Brandon Gignac, who might be the fastest player in the AHL, pulling their weight. And then you have Rafael Harvey-Penard. You have Yessi uh, Ulin, who are both very good. And like you said, uh, coming down, Arbor Jacki, not because he isn't playing well, but because he makes the most sense to give him that ice time in the AHL, will likely be down there at some point to help hone his game. And down there is Matthias Norlinder, who we said in last episode, talking about the defense, looks like a new player like there are prospects all over the place in this and then there's guys in the ECHL who at some point this year are going to come up to the AHL level to get games because of injuries or because guys are recalled or this or that it's all going to happen and it's very good that the Canadians have this depth in their system to do so and I think the biggest prospect here and I want to touch on this just before we get into our mailbag questions is This is a big year for Caden Primo. Yes, signed a three-year contract, and that gets him to the end of Jake Allen's contract. He has that long to establish himself. But this year feels like, can you be that guy in the AHL? He was good last year, but Kevin Poulin kind of stole the thunder late in the season. Was that starting goalie going into the playoffs, and then Caden Primo took it back and didn't let it go there. He's got to be that guy all year round now he's got to be there from start to finish. And yeah, neither goalie won their start here, but can he be that guy we saw in the playoffs again? And that's the biggest question. I think he has the talent to do so because I think it's up here between the ears and not so much in his physical play. When he's dialed in, it's very apparent what's go how good he can be. It's getting him to that point and I think the Rocket will do that in short order here. Uh but We are going to transition away a little bit from the rocket. We are going to jump into the mailbag, which my co-host has all the questions for. And that's all coming up next. But first, today's episode is brought to you by betonline.net. And they are your number one source for all your football betting info this season. The NCAA is in full swing. The NFL is as crazy as always. Go Bills. And they offer articles and analysis on every game that you can find. And they have all... Everything that you need to stay up to the minute. Live scores, live betting odds, lines, everything. And there's also baseball. The MLB postseason is in full swing right now. MMA, boxing, golf, whatever you are looking for, BetOnline has. So head to BetOnline.net or use your mobile device to to learn more. And remember, BetOnline, it's where the game starts. And folks, as always, thank you for making Locked On Canadians your first listen of the day every day. Now, please make sure Game to Game NHL is your second listen after this. Every moment across hockey, every performance, every result, Locked On Game to Game covers every game from across the NHL with local analysis that only Locked On can deliver. So make sure you're following Game to Game on Locked On NHL, available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. So it is not Friday. Uh, we do, we do love our Friday mailbag, but unfortunately technical issues forced us out of our regular routine. And we are very sorry for missing that episode. We really wanted to get you some analysis from Jake Allen getting basically bombarded by the Detroit Red Wings in that game, but we weren't able to do so. So our Friday mailbag has been pushed to what is now, well, Tuesday night, Wednesday. Uh, if you ever want to send us questions at LO underscore Canadians on Twitter, lockdowncanadians at gmail.com. You can leave them in the YouTube comments. Just don't be a jerk. We will delete those because there's too many mean people in this world and nobody needs more of that. Laura, what do we have in our line of questions today?
1: So I'm going all the way back to September 30th um, <clears throat> because we had some mailback questions that we didn't address before I went on my work trip um, and, you, and you addressed some of them. Uh, I don't believe we did this question, which is people drink beer while watching hockey, but what is your hockey cocktail? Mine would be a dark and stormy. Did we do this question? I'm pretty sure we we did not
0: do this question. And it's from
1: Mr. T Valley guy from uh, YouTube.
0: Uh, Mine varies season to season. If, you know, we get into the spring, I might make a nice homemade margarita because why not treat myself to that? Uh, But during the winter, a good Manhattan or a hot toddy goes a long way towards making me a very happy boy as I watch hockey under my blanket or on the couch. Um, I, I love my, I do love my comfort cocktails and a good Manhattan goes a long way for me in like every situation. And I don't care if that's basic as hell deal with it. I love that. So,
1: um, I'm actually a lot more simple than that when it comes to watching hockey, like I'm definitely more of a scotch person than a beer person. And I do like, like scotch neat in general. Um, but because it's hockey and you want, you know, you want to drink, you want to enjoy drinks, multiple drinks, and not nurse one. What do you? Are you? Are you about to point to your extensive Scotch? Collection I was going to say there was an
0: entire shelf of just brown liquor to my right over here. Let's see. There's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten bottles of whiskey on the shelf over there. <laughs> I want to make some things very, very clear here. Several of those were gifts, and one of those was me uh, peer pressure buying something at a local liquor store, but that's not important
1: right now. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> now that I'm jealous of all of the brands you have, uh, my cocktail is just like a Robin Coke because, you know, sometimes you just need something simple, fast, uh, and Roman diet, actually, it's like uh, most of the time. Next question, also from YouTube, and it comes from Sebastian L., a follow-up on the Jake Allen question. Which goaltender in the system has the highest upside? When the Habs' window of contention opens up in a couple of seasons, who will be the number one goalie?
0: So I thought I had answered this. I can't fully remember because COVID is a race We get a lot
1: of questions like this, and apologies if we have already done this one.
0: My thought is is that they they are hoping it's Caden Primo. Uh, if it is, I wouldn't be surprised, but I also would not be shocked to see someone like Frederick Disho or Jakob Dobish kind of steal that spotlight here. Dobish has been very good in the NCAA so far this season, like very, very good. Uh, And Disho is obviously playing with Rolunda in the SHL right now, and he's still got time. They are not rushing him to be the next big thing right now. They can let them marinate a little bit and continue to grow, and I think that's the right path forward here. Uh, but I would not be surprised if it's Caden Primo, and I would not be as surprised if it's Frederick D show either in the next couple of years.
1: I think like the the question about whether who's going to be the future, we still don't know. But I feel like the highest upside to me feels like D show.
0: And I would think that too. I'm not a goalie expert. We should get a, a, a goalie expert. We're on We're supposed here to again have is... a
1: goalie week at some point.
0: At, I, at I'm some working point. on it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'm working on a lot of stuff, as you can tell. My life is a little bit busy right now, but I promise we are getting our goalie week um it has it has been demanded from our listeners so our old friend um, mike berenick here's my question uh also mike says nice things but thank you uh i really like the new Habs management team i've heard jeff gorton was responsible for the new york rangers quick rebuild my question is why is he still not with the rangers did he quit or was he fired what happened that the haves were lucky to get his services
0: you want to know why he's a Montreal Canadiens assistant GM right now? It's is because good. James Dolan got involved in his organization. Uh, it was during that whole Tom Wilson incident where Wilson, admittedly, took it way too far and busted up Artemi Panarin. And Jeff Gorton did not, I believe it was, did not want to release all these statements or did or they pushed them out or whatnot. But basically, he and the coaching staff all fell on the sword for James Dolan, which brought in the new management group here. And admittedly, like where the Rangers are at now is a lot of Jeff Gorton's handiwork. And you can see what happened when Chris Jury came in afterwards. You have Ryan Reeves, you have tough guys. They signed Jared Tenorti. Like Tom Wilson changed the course of what the Rangers were doing. They are lucky that they had such a strong base. It did not happen. But Gorton was more or less forced out due to, not falling in step with what the owner of the team wanted, and that cost him his job. And it's to the Canadians' gain, at least so far at this point.
1: It's honestly, you know, that's it's never a good sign when the ownership gets too involved in hockey ops and hockey operations. Uh, and I think that I think that you know that that's pretty much self explanatory. Anybody who's been a Knicks fan for any length of time will tell you, what I happens. will.
0: Hi, Will. I know Uh, you're listening to this, so hi, Will.
1: Uh, Hi, Will. And see, this is, I'm not asking this question, but Will did uh, troll us with the Detroit victory over the Canadians, the other on Thursday. Uh, So that's for you, Will. Um, And we have a question. This is not really a mailbag question, but our friend Kay, who we would die for, asked it today uh, in the comments, so I'm bringing it up. Uh, Okay, speaking of which, oh, sorry. As a proud member of Ghoulie Nation... Today was a great day for me. This is last night. Uh, honestly, though, I'm really happy. I felt that smile Laura had on her face at, uh, on mine as well, right? So, like, you could hear me beaming through the podcast. My eye test is finally matching up with what I see on ice from Ghoulie. Speaking of which, do you guys have any thoughts on that? The last few games, I saw him pr- pretty low on those on those player scorecards, even when he looked really good to me. For example, in the Toronto game. Any thoughts or explanations?
0: I think the hardest part is that he can make the right plays, but when he is on the ice, even if someone else is making an error, those shots and those attempts against still count against him as well. Uh, It's very, it's not super hard, but it is still difficult sometimes to parse through what is he actually at fault for and what is his partner or the forwards at fault for to my eye test. He's very mature. He's very composed in the way that he plays. The hard part is, is that sometimes they're the first pairing. They face the best competition every night. Occasionally you're going to get your butt kicked and that happens here. And it's not always going to be pretty, but at the same time, we see him build on each performance here. Step over, step over, step over, step. Cause in four games, he's faced Austin Matthews, John Tavares, Mitch Marner, William Nylander. He's faced Alexander Ovechkin He's faced Evgeny Kuznetsov. He has faced Sidney Crosby and Evgeny Malkin. He's faced good players. He hasn't had it easy. And he's played, I believe, among the most in the top three, I believe, among rookie time on ice leaders this year. Uh, He's going to continue to grow. And I think when they figure out the pairings, once Matheson is back, once Edmondson is back, is going to help alleviate some of those negative numbers that he might be getting from David Savard or other groups. But your eye test is not off. It's just the stats take into account so much more than what we can see on a given play without re-watching a shift 17 times to catch everything in that go.
1: We've got another mailback question from Jacob B. On Twitter. In the preseason, you constantly heard Arbor Jackey's name. Heavy minutes, heavy responsibility, and he got better and better as the night went on. Do you think Arbor's fiery personality does better the more he gets a taste of the action? Do you think he would be better served getting more minutes in the NHL than potentially more minutes in the AHL? I don't think he's getting enough time on ice right now.
0: I, like right now, like I'm going to look this up too on Natural Statric in the background while I'm doing this. So please excuse my uh, tapping. my tapping in the background, but it is very important that I kind of look this up. I, I think for him overall, I'm not too worried about his ice time right now because the Canadians didn't need him to be amazing right now. Um, let's see here. Arbor Jack. is the sixth most used player at five on five for the Montreal Canadians. So very, very not worried about it. Um, the penalties are a little bit of an issue, but we always knew they were going to be uh, in front of him, Nick Suzuki. Okay. Jonathan Kovacevic by seven more minutes, most of which were served, you know, well, Jack, I might've been on or off the ice, Uh, Jordan Harris, and then David Savard and Caden Gooley in front of him. I'm not overly worried about his ice time. And I do think once Matheson and Edmondson are healthy, he's going to the AHL. He's going to play a ton. I think he's going to, you know, continue to develop here. He's just got a great, he's got to borrow some of that composure from Harris and uh, Gooley. And I think he's going to be an absolute peach here. And we do have more questions. All those are coming up in our final segment, and that's all coming up in just one moment. We are back. We are locked on Canadians. We are doing a very special midweek mailbag because we missed some questions in a previous one. That's my bad. Uh, I was not great at checking comments. And because we had technical issues last week, Laura, what else do we have in the mailbag this week? I know we have a bunch of Twitter questions still.
1: We do. We also have some emails from our friend Norm S., uh norm the answer to one of your questions is ticketmaster uh, and then we're going to read your email on the friday because i want to spend some time on it we have two emails from you and i love them i also have uh, an email from our friend rick b uh all about you know becoming a halves fan there's a picture of a dog like we want to give those um a due you know due due time and respect so we're going to talk about them on the friday mailbag so i'm going to race through some twitter questions uh beer cat wants to know how many chickens does he need to sacrifice uh to get carry back
0: Um, well, a lot, I would imagine because Carrie Price is speaking on the 24th to the media and we will have all of the reaction to that. I know a lot of people are saying, ah, this can't possibly be good. I'm like, how could it get worse at this point? So like, uh, I wouldn't worry too much about it. We will get more into that at some point.
1: Um, and just to note, Eric Engels followed up his tweet about announcing that press conference that it is not a retirement announcement. Um so Randy Hansen, this is obviously right after Thanksgiving, Canadian Thanksgiving. You have leftover turkey. What is the best dish you use it for?
0: Whoo man. I mean, probably a turkey sandwich at some point. Um I don't know. Like, turkey is very low on my list of, like, meats that I like. Uh, Another podcast I listen to, uh, Shutdown Fullcast, which I know some of our listeners probably also listen to, they talked about, you know, at a certain point, if someone offers you more turkey at a late night, you're going to be upset, but if someone brings ham because it's got a sweetness to it later at night, you're into it. Um, But for me, turkey sandwich, always. A little bit of gravy on there. Nice bun. Nice, simple with that, so...
1: Yeah, so I would agree, but I do tend to, with the leftover turkey, I, I usually just add it to a salad the next day to add protein to the salad. Um, and then Randy Hanson also asks, who is running the pro scouting and why should they not be an everyday name? The work the pro scouting has done has been incredible. Like Sean Monahan and Kirby Doc, I mean, come on.
0: Yeah, so I'm, I'm also looking this up in the background. So Jeff Gordon, exclusive, uh, Executive Vice President of Hockey Ops, Kent Hughes, General Manager, John Sedwick, Assistant General Manager, Martin Lapointe, Director of Player Personnel and Amateur Scouting. Nick Bobrov, Co-Director of Amateur Scouting. Vincent LeCave, Special Advisor to Hockey Operations, Hockey Operations Personnel, Team Services, EVP, Player Development, Player Development, Player Development, Player Development, Hockey Analytics, Training staff. I do not see a professional scouting. Eric Crawford is the Head of Professional Scouting Uh, Vincent uh, Riendo is the golden Russia pro scout and Reed Simpson is scouting out West. Um, Then obviously it's all the other people throughout the other leagues here. Uh, Ben Chutron, which I believe was a Jeff Gordon hire is someone that I believe would be kind of tied into that, but you can thank Eric Crawford who I thought was the goalie coach. And I realized I was just confusing him with Eric Raymond Uh, has done a really good job. Sean Monahan admittedly looks amazing. And I think that Kirby Dock was a great call as well, based on this. Uh, I'm glad that he mentioned that them not us, not knowing their name is probably a good thing. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: It's like a ref. If you know their name, they're probably doing a bad job. If you don't know your director of pro scouting's name, either they're doing a really good job that you never bother with it. Or, you know, it's someone that's just well-known that's in that spot there. But for your Randy, for your question, uh, Eric Crawford is the head of professional scouting for the Canadians right now.
1: Right. And we did mention, you know, I mean, Mike Matheson is a great pickup as well. Um, And I think, you know, it remains to be seen, but, but I think uh, we're going to, we're going to see a little bit more out of, uh, out of the the players that they've acquired. Uh, Randy wants to know whose dad is cooler, Slavkovsky or Monaghan?
0: Admittedly, I don't know because like the entirety of Slavkovsky's like family has been like super fun and like, Clearly, he's just, you know, a super confident, you know, swagger laden person. I don't know much about Sean Monahan's uh, dad, but like Sean Monahan's known for being boring. So I assume it runs in the family. So like we could have boring Monahan's account at this point. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I, I'm going to by default just kind of pick Slefkovsky's.
1: Okay. So we've got some more questions, but I'm conscious of the fact that we're, you know, running out of time. So I'm going to narrow some down, but I am still going to push a couple for Friday. Um, our friend Goalie Droid wants to know, if you could design your own Habs home open opener ceremony, what would you do for it? And how long would you make Leafs fans suffer for? Uh,
0: this is very simple, is I would honor every single Stanley Cup they've ever won. I would have all the banners lowered. And behind them is each member of the Canadians on the team this year, and they help lift them up to the rafters one by one as they are introduced. I don't care if it takes four hours. Then there's a torch, and if you are already seething and mad about this, stay mad, cope, and deal with it. Um, I want the Canadians to play more and more into their history because they can do the dramatic things. Other podcasts have said they don't know how to do ceremonies anymore. You're wrong because the Leafs don't know how to do ceremony because they have nothing worth celebrating. So uh, you don't get to throw shade when you have nothing worth celebrating at the Montreal Canadiens. Was it a bit drawn out? Yes, but it's not for you. So I don't really care what your opinion is on it.
1: Um, I was going to say just the more they complain, just add more minutes to... <laughs> just monitor them <laughs> and the more they complain like there's like a meter right a confidence meter like a complain meter and the more it's the complain, noise
0: meter but it just says yeah. leafs fans at one end and like right. coyotes That's fans right. at the other because there aren't any of those <laughs> so it's quiet to loud about the amount of complaining on twitter
1: and then if you're mad
0: about a coyotes joke i'm sorry it was too easy the senators actually have a full building tonight so i can't make fun of them so sorry mm. arizona you were you were the first on the board there
1: but yeah so like it would be like oh nick go back we're starting all over again we're gonna like do all the coach introductions again (laughs) every time they complain you just add more um and so i do want to ask a question i do think that there's gonna be oh no there's two questions okay uh captain slick nick jason f on twitter do you think caulfield can hit 40 plus goals this year
0: I, based on the way he's playing so far, he has three goals in four games. I absolutely do think that he can hit 40 goals. I am working with some people on making a Cole Caulfield Revenge Tour shirt. Um, stay tuned for details on that uh, because I am very excited about that uh, to potentially come out as well.
1: And the final question is from uh, the Cole Caulfield – oh, sorry, there's two questions left. Um, One of them is from our friend JD, who we adore, who we love, and is always so nice to us, even though he would hate that we're telling you that he's awesome. Uh, How much are you willing to spend on Caulfield's next contract? All the money, question mark?
0: I mean, yes, but here's the thing about this is, uh, all the hockey people talk today is about the player escrow is likely to be paid off by the end of this year, which means the salary cap goes up. And if the salary cap goes up, that means more money for players. And that means Cole Caulfield could get paid more. And I'm very curious to see what they're going to offer him based on some of the other deals that have been signed. You look at Josh Norris's deal. You look at what Tage Thompson got paid. You look at what the Sabres paid Matias Samuelson, who doesn't even have an NHL goal yet. And he got a thirty million dollar four four-year deal. I'm curious what they do with Caulfield. And my thought is, They want to get him locked up long-term and try to keep that AAV under seven. His hot start might prevent that, but I think they're going to look at getting Cole Caulfield signed sooner. If he stays hot, they're going to lock him up to any amount very, very soon. If he keeps playing like this, they're going to want to get him under contract, and I don't really blame him. Uh, If it creeps over that like seven and a half right now, then I start getting a little nervous because there is still – more developing for him to do, but every bit that I've watched him this year, he could be worth whatever the Canadians need to pay at this point. He's far too valuable to this team to let, get anywhere close to an offer sheet or restricted free agency or anything.
1: And our final question is from the, um, from our nemesis, Will Christ, who wants to know if I have ever, Heard the real version of the Macarena because apparently I didn't know this. Is that in Canada we don't have the real version of Macarena? Uh, this is some weird factoid. Uh, to answer the question, I have uh, I have grown up uh, not necessarily in Canada. I have I'm an immigrant. Obviously, um, I've lived all around uh, different places. So I have definitely heard the real version of Macarena, but what the hell? (laughs) Like, I did not know. Did anyone else know this? I didn't know if this was a known thing or not.
0: No. And here's the thing is I listened to the knockoff version of it. And it's, it's not even like it's a good cheap knockoff. Like you can blatantly tell it's like the great value brand version of this. And I'm upset to now know that it exists, which I'm sure just makes Will so, so happy right now to know that it's making me suffer. (laughs)
1: <laughs> I'm I'm not suffering I, I honestly had no idea so like apparently it, it was like some CanCon regulation or something I'm, I'm not sure why the Macarena had to be reproduced in Canada so the version that you hear all around the world is not the same one that we have here I don't know if it's like seeped into our culture Um, you know unbeknownst to whoever was preventing it from being anyway all, all I can say is that I have watched I have listened to the or heard the real version of the Macarena
0: And that will do it for our very special edition midweek mailbag. We will take more mailbag questions for Friday's episode. Remember, you can tweet us at LO underscore Canadians, locked on Canadians at gmail.com. If you have longer questions and we will get to Norm's questions on Friday when we have a little bit more time to unpack them, you can drop them in the YouTube comments. Just don't be a jerk, please. That's all we're asking. It's the bare minimum. And when you're done with that, please follow Laura at The Active Stick. Please follow me at Scott Matla on Twitter. And when you're done with us, please check out Locked On Fantasy Hockey, where our hosts have everything you need to dominate your fantasy hockey leagues. This season is available wherever you get your daily podcasts. And, folks, we will see you all next time.